Hello, everybody. My name is Matt, also known as Magikarp Use Fly, and welcome back to another episode of Chapter Tactics. As you can see, we are not in the office today. Uh, the person that is in charge of our production team, if you guys are listening to this in audio, you guys won't tell you will you guys won't know the difference, but uh, the person that's in charge of all of our um, streaming stuff. Uh, hurt his foot so he's not coming into the office today so we thought that would be better if we did it in person or not in person um, from home uh, but yeah I am Matt with me today we have our regular co-hosts Dameki hello everybody and John P it's me coming at you from the cover of my own home with a fidget spinner yeah I see uh, I see you playing with that fidget spinner <laughs> it's 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 I know they were like a meme like four or five years ago, but it really helps me calm down that like one You're, part of my brain. Yeah, that just wants to do something <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I feel it. This show is brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get amazing game mats for not just your 40k games, but almost any tabletop game out there. Purchase miniatures at a discount and join some of the largest 40k events in the industry. They also have the largest 40k podcasting network in the business with shows like Signals from the Frontline, Chapter Tactics, 40k Game Changers, 40k Stat Center, Grim After Dark, and so much more. That's FrontlineGaming.org, or you can click on the link of the description of this podcast on all the social media goodies. Uh, for today's episode of Chapter Tactics, we're going to be going over the Grey Knights Codex, talking about Grey Knights, talking about different uh strats different combos that you can do what we think about the gray knights doing an overview of it and then at the very end we're also going to be talking about uh different uh some different lists that you can run with them uh give you a nice little starting point of where to start when it comes to gray knights because it is a complicated codex i think that it's more complicated comparatively to something like the k-sense codex so people that are not uh very uh knowledgeable about the psychic phase and you're just starting to get in or anything like that it could be a little bit daunting but uh don't worry we're here to help you out it's actually not that difficult it's uh it's pretty easy but yeah um i think that we're gonna do the same thing that we did with the case sense codex where we're not gonna do a did you know because there's a lot to talk about last time that we did the case sense uh episode it went on for like 50 minutes or like an hour of just going over the codex so i think it was a good idea that we didn't that we didn't do the did you know or any uh type of intros or anything like that is that cool to you guys yeah sounds good to me sounds good sounds good Demeki, have you read through the codex yet no right i've been browsing through it since i got home mm. <laughs> and what about you jumpy uh, i took a skim through it and i've um uh... I've seen other people's review of it, and I kind of have a. I've also listened to you talk about it, so. <laughs> I you've but, heard me talk about it multiple times. Yeah, I also yeah. witnessed it firsthand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's fun. Um, did you guys ever witness Grey Knights in Eighth Edition? Oh yeah, um, actually, uh, I think we all played against this guy, this yeah. guy in the league, and our pod, mm -hmm. uh, who played Grey Knights. He this is pre codex, obviously, but he yeah. ran like. Paladin bomb. He had the old astral aim going going on. He took that ten man paladin blob, hit it behind big piece of terrain, and just rained fire upon us. <laughs> or at least me and Matt. I think Demeki had an answer for it, but yeah, yeah. yeah it was. Uh... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say it was. Uh... I didn't know how to deal with it. It was like they were gonna shoot at me, and if I ran up on them, it's. 10 paladins so i'm not gonna kill them so yeah. 
this is something like I knew oh, it, it was there and I had to just accept the fact that they were there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And what about you, Demeki? Almost turn one is uh, his paladins. Yeah. My play burst crawlers. So, uh, my plague burst crawlers. <laughs> so, but I mean, his, I mean, but I mean, like eighth edition, he also had, um, what is it like plus to smite on demons, right? Mm -hmm. So, like damage plus damage. Yeah. Um, so like he killed Mortarian, he managed to kill Mortarian, but like it was by turn two. So, like Mortarian had already done like his damage mm -hmm. by then. Yeah. Um, but it but the other problem was too is not everything in Death Guard has keyword demon. Yeah. yeah. So he was like he was at a miss because like he was like, Well shit, all I can deal extra damage to is like the vehicles and Mortarian. But uh -huh. I can't deal extra damage to the Death Shroud or anything else. Yeah. Um as far as Grey Knights went for eighth edition, I've played against them a lot on TTS. Um and then like Grey Knights were also an army that I was thinking about getting into. Um and then, like, the Lawrence Baker build came out, and then I was like, oh, never mind. Uh, because the Lawrence Baker build was, like, disgusting when it came out, The where it was just, like, a 10-man Paladin bomb bringing, like, old uh, like old Green Knight Smite as well. It was absolutely disgusting. Uh, and that one, like, won a tournament, and then everyone started running Grey Knights. Um, so I put Grey Knights on the back shelf, but I had to play against it a lot. It was very, very interesting. Grey Knights have always been an interesting army to me. Um, but now with the ninth edition codex, their playstyle is completely different than what it was in eighth edition, which I think is pretty cool. Um, and I feel like that this codex is, there's a lot that we could talk about. Uh, so I guess that's a good segue to go into talking about the ninth edition codex. Uh, I, I think, oh. that, I think that what we can first start off with are the different brotherhoods, uh, the different brotherhoods, uh, they're okay. There, there, there's some, there's some really really good ones and then there's some that are just not that great sword bearers rapiers and prescient are probably the best ones those are the ones that stand out to me the most uh what do you guys think uh i would agree uh mm. yeah they're all kind of bland uh, obviously sword bearers looks uh i'm a big fan of dreadnoughts sword bearers looks like it'd be fun to run a bunch of dreadnoughts and dread knights mm -hmm. um and then Rapiers obviously is the hotness right now. Um, yeah. With a combo that, I mean, you'll, oh, sorry, Rapiers uh, that I'm sure that you're going to get into later on. Yeah. Yeah. We could talk about it later. Uh, I like Blades of Victory. Yeah. They're, they're, Blades is okay. Um, I guess we'll, we'll go over each one. So, Sword Bearers, they have a CP, it's two CP. Uh, you can add one to your hit roll for a sword bearer psycho unit in your shooting phase, which is pretty good. This is why a lot of people like to run uh, Dread Knights in is in sword bearers because they also have a psychic power that gives you plus one to your wound roll for any vehicle. And since Dread Knights are vehicles, they get that. So that's also really nice. And then they also have a warlord trait that can uh, uh, give a vehicle a four up invuln. So what's interesting with sword bearers is that you can actually get a rhino to get a four up invuln which is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> so if you get first turn, you can actually use Sanctuary and the Warlord trait to give two Rhinos a four-up invuln. And so at that point, whatever's inside of that Rhino that you can also pop smoke with is probably not going to die anytime soon. Um, I don't think that anybody wants to shoot at a Rhino ever. <laughs> so have, giving it also a four-up invuln is pretty cool. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of something like that. I don't know what yeah. it is, but I just really like 
using vehicles as like movement blocking, line of sight blocking, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Like, oh yeah, no one wants to shoot it. And yeah, like, like an impulsor. Yeah, and you're making it so that they have to shoot it in order to get to you. So it's yeah, a, yeah, a little stress like that. Yeah, and then what's also good is that since, since dread knights naturally have a four up invul now, you're never going to use it on them. But something on a rhino that is flat to the ground, it also blocks line of sight. So you can hide stuff behind the rhino. So you can drift it up the board with a four-up invuln and then hide things like your strike squads that you want to get up the board or hide things like your interceptors when you want to get up the board. And then, boom, there you go. You have an LOS blocking piece of terrain, basically, that's pretty huge with a four-up invuln minus one to hit. Uh, Pretty good. I'm just imagining a rhino just like pulling up right into the middle of the field and then Tokyo drifting, turning yeah. sideways, <laughs> yeah. blocking his guys. <laughs> yeah, out, boys. Yeah. Um, so that's what makes Sword Bearers pretty good. Uh, if you also bring Dreadnoughts, Dreadnoughts with the four up invuln, also pretty good. So uh, we, we, there's a list that we'll go over later on that brings Dreadnoughts as well as Dread Knights. Um, but yeah, so Sword Bearers is good. Uh, I, I, do you, should we go over every single brotherhood or just go over the key ones? Just go over the key ones. Okay. Um, next up, uh, prescient is the next best one. Um, I think that prescient is one of the better ones. I think that sword bearers is a trap. A lot of people like ward makers just because ward makers gives you the warlord trait where if you do a psychic power, that's on an unmodified roll of eight or higher, it can't be denied. Um, so people like that, uh, and then it also has a psychic power that turns off auras for a unit. So I feel like that a lot of people use it, but I think that's also a trap. I don't think that it provides you that much in terms of the actual game besides the, besides turning off an aura. But if you're turning off an aura on a unit, I don't think it's as good as what the other brotherhoods have. Um, but yeah, so ward makers, not a big fan. Prescient, though. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, is there anything that you feel like you would need to be not denied um, that, mm. that would make lore masters so important? No, I don't think so. Um, well, I, I, I think that it would. People probably would pair it with um, the secondary. That that's really good. Pure, yeah. uh, purifying ritual. Yeah, because it can... says psychic test, and it doesn't distinguish between psychic mm-hmm. ability and psychic action because those are two different things yeah yeah but we, we can get into that later because uh there, there's ways that you can get around it where it's not prevalent um if you're already scared that something's going to get denied then i feel like that you're already kind of lost the game in the movement phase because you should as a psyker army you should be very aware of your opponent's deny ranges so then you know where things are it's going to take a lot of reps but like you just stay outside of those deny ranges and then your key stratagems or your key psychic powers should go off. Um, but you know, gray knights don't get plus one to their cast anymore. So that kind of sucks. Uh, but they do have a natural, uh, five up feel no pain against mortal wounds and plus one to their deny tests. And I think that the five up feel no pain against mortal wounds is really good, especially now where there's so much mortal wounds in the game. Like what? Admech can deal mortal wounds. Uh, twin Volkites, Drukari. Drukari. You have Fusilabs. Um, I think Sisters can also deal a bunch of mortal wounds as well. 
So having just a natural five up field no pain against mortal wounds is pretty good. And then even if you perils, you still have your five up field no pains against the perils. So who cares? It's fine. It sounds like they're the anti psyker psyker army. <laughs> kind of. They they have they, they have a hard time against sisters that have, you know, just a natural on a six, they deny a power. Um, <laughs> um but uh prescient is the next best one like i said um or the best one one of the best ones one of those uh foresight one cp this is an amazing stratagem for gray knights it's just literally any unit in both the shooting phase or in the fight phase can get reroll hit rolls of one and reroll wood rolls of one um so you just activate it at any point and it's just one cp so pretty good especially when you consider that a grandmaster nemesis dread knight is probably always going to be hitting and wounding on twos uh he could just get a natural reroll hit rolls of one reroll wound rolls of one uh so that one's really good by itself and i think that just that stratagem alone uh beats out sword bearers uh and then um they have the psychic power where it's the one where if you cast it on a unit whenever they move advance fall back or charge you roll a, a dice, and then on a four to five, they take D three mortal wounds, and on a six, they suffer three mortal wounds. Uh, so that one's funny. <laughs> yeah, that one's pretty good. Um, it, honestly, out of the times that I've played Grey Knights, I've yet to use this psychic power. I don't think it's that great. I think you usually just take prescient, just literally for the uh, the stratagem. Uh, but it's nice to have in your pocket if you ever need it. And then they have the warlord trait divination or <laughs> divination uh this one's a psychic uh action warp charge six if completed you gain one cp eh, it's okay like on average you're probably going to get about like three cp back which honestly i don't know if that's worth uh spending a cp to give this warlord trait to somebody especially if it's something that can also fail and then the model can also die so I honestly don't think it's that worth it. What do you guys well, think? Well, the, the other problem with psychic actions, too, is that you can't cast anything else. No. So the psychic action just eats up everything. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah. it would have to be on a unit that you don't care if they're going to be casting, like, a Dominus Discipline spell or anything like that. It's just a throwaway unit, basically. So you'd probably put it on something like a Tech Marine or maybe on your Chaplain that doesn't really care about psychic powers. His one job is to generate your CP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your one, one job, job, you give us CP. If you don't give a CP, you're LVP. <laughs> <laughs> I need that CP so I can use uh, transient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the last time I played, I ran a prescient detachment, and uh, I was using divination. Every single, I, I, I immediately went down to zero CP very quickly. Grey Knights are so CP hungry, so that's why... You know, people like to take divination because it generates actual CP when you're CP hungry. Um, but <laughs> I, every time it was my turn, you know, zero CP, start of my turn, I get one CP. I use divination, two CP, and then I would spend those two CP every single turn. <laughs> so it was just constantly at zero, just using two CP every turn. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's okay. Uh, and then we have Rapiers. Rapiers is the next... Uh, uh, brotherhood that a lot of people like this one is jam-packed with really good stuff uh one cp you get exploding hit rolls of sixes um and then uh you also have their psychic power symphonic strike which gives you plus one to your attack characteristic and then you also have your warlord trait that lets you do advance and charge on your warlord 
So obviously Rapiers is probably the best one just because you get so much bang for your buck off of this brotherhood. What do you guys think? Rapiers, Rapiers. It looks like all, yeah, this is the one where like I looked at all three and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> this is the these one. These are all good. Yeah, these are all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree you, with that. What do you think, Demeki? Yeah, uh, out, of, out of all the ones that I looked at so far, um, this I feel like is the more tournament um, worthy out of all mm-hmm. of them since mm-hmm. you're going to be going against all comers anyways. Yeah. So I feel like this this is mainly geared towards all comers list. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very melee focused though. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to be losing a little bit on firepower. Yeah, but uh, Grey Knights have a way to do it. You With Grey Knights, you're probably going to be running double detachment um, where you're running Rapiers and Prescient. There is a lot of speculation on whether or not running a double detachment is worth it with the amount of CP that you have to spend because you have to spend a lot of CP pregame, and then on top of that, you're taking another two CP away from running a patrol. Um, so it's really up in the air on whether or not your playstyle wants to do Prescient wants to do rapiers, wants to do both, or wants to run sword bearers, or both. Um, that's what people are usually running with. Uh, another one that's also pretty good, just because of the strat, is uh, silver blades. That one, one CP. Uh, a core unit can fall back and shoot. Pretty good. Um, except when you realize that most of the guns in Grey Knights kind of suck. So, <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's it's not that great. Uh, but a lot of people like that one. People like Blades of Victory because I think this is the one where you can reroll your charge rolls. Um, it's all right. Yeah. Oh, this is this is the one that I liked where silver. We're on silver blades, right? This one's Blades of Victory, but yeah, you can talk uh, about okay. silver blades. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, well, I was looking at silver blades because the the thing that I thought was cool was the fact that they have the psychic ability to where you can turn any bolt gun mm-hmm. uh into a pistol for weapon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I've, I've, I felt like that was pretty useful, especially if you can do that to, uh, bolt. I like it keeps the rest of their weapon profile. So yeah. I thought that that might be pretty useful, especially if you're in a tight spot mm-hmm. within a gradient range or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, go ahead. But, oh, I was just thinking like, I can imagine like you're in, uh, I don't know, you're in the shooting phase. So, mm-hmm. and in the shooting phase, if you're in melee, or if you're in, you're in engagement, you're in engagement range of someone in the shooting phase, and you can use your pistol to shoot whatever you're in engagement range with. And then, if there's an enemy in unit nearby, you could charge said enemy yeah. unit if you decide to kill with the pistol. So, yeah, this one's neat. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's very situational though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I can see this being doubled up with cybolt um ammunition, uh, where it's the uh, uh storm bolters get minus one, so you get four shots of storm bolter per model with minus one as well. So I, I guess it evens out <laughs> yeah. the, the rapid fire. So is it really even that worth it? Uh, uh, I don't know. I like the war. I like the warlord trade too. The fact that the warlord gets uh fight first mm-hmm. and then uh, it, whenever it makes a melee attack, you can reroll the hit roll. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, it is pretty good. Um, I will say that there's not a lot of stuff in this codex that gives you fight first. And so the army really, really hurts when it comes to fight first and fight last. So uh, if you have a fight last, then it really hurts the army a lot. So those are the Brotherhoods. Uh, 
those are the ones that I think are pretty good. Uh, we can go into the upgrades now because the upgrades are also really good. Well, actually, there's only two upgrades that are really good. Um, but there's, there's, there's some that are very interesting. Um, for the upgrades, you can upgrade any of your character units with Visions of the Augurium or uh, Gifts of the Prescient. And they just cost extra points. The biggest ones uh, are going to be Foretelling of Locus. Foretelling of Locus, this one makes it so then after uh, both armies have deployed and then after roll-off, you can redeploy your army, uh, which is very, very interesting because you could, you know, deploy very aggressively and then find out if you have first or second turn and then just redeploy three units. Pretty good. Or vice versa, whichever one you want to do. Uh, this upgrade's only 30 points also, so pretty good for 30 points. I think that that is invaluable to get redeploy for 30 points uh what, what, what do you guys think instead of spending any cp for it yeah yeah i, I, yeah, I feel like 30 points is uh, i don't know actually i feel mm -hmm. like i would rather spend the cp mm -hmm. what about you jumpy yeah i mean i think considering 30 points is probably like a one elite model or maybe yeah a mm -hmm. troop model and a half as compared to what the ultramarines redeploy is like two cp yeah um i think i'd rather spend 30 points it's i guess it depends on the army but in mm -hmm. this case gray knights like i i considering how cp heavy they are putting the redeploy as for reinforcement points instead of two or three cp uh i like it <laughs> i'll yeah. say that yeah and then you know you know what's also really cool about it is that you don't have to redeploy them you could just put them in reserves so if you want like <laughs> you, you could just put the uh the units that you have or that you chose and just put them in reserves and then next turn just have them deep strike in because most of the stuff that you put in, that are in your army have teleport or at least like the ones that you want to redeploy usually have teleport or uh teleport strike so pretty good huh well <laughs> i mean it says str strategic reserves though so you wouldn't be able mm -hmm. to use the teleport strike ability because you would have to declare that before so you would have to use the strategic reserve rules. I think that if you put them into strategic reserves um, and they have the teleport, well, a strategic reserve is completely different from uh, a teleport strike from a teleport strike. Right. But you yeah. know, when you put something into reserves, it's still considered to be uh, um, like, that's just the blanket statement of a reserve. I believe I'm pretty sure that's how that works, but regardless Pretty cool. Uh, I like foretelling of Locus. Um, and then you have Servant of the Throne. This one you're going to see all the time. It's a it's an upgrade where you just get a three up invuln on a uh, on a character or on a um, whatever. What what were these uh, on on a character thingy? Yeah, on a character. I'm so stupid. So so uh, three up invuln for a character for only about twenty points. Uh, you get it for one turn. So. You're going to be putting that on your Grandmaster Nemesis Dreadnought most of the time, or Dread Knight most of the time, just because you can get a three up invuln just for a single turn, which is pretty good. It's the same thing that K Suns have. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, are there any uh, upgrades that you guys want to talk about? Nah. I, uh, I, I think of. I kind of like priest. I don't know how to say this. Presage paralysis. Per Paralysis, paralysis. Yeah. Presage paralysis. Like, yeah, yeah. Presage paralysis. Yeah. Yep. I think if there ever like became a meta like Tao, um mm -hmm. <laughs> or like Overwatch is a big yeah, is a big deal, then um 
this one could be useful. Oh yeah. Um, augury of aggression is also, also pretty good. It's mm-hmm. like a nice little back pocket to have. Like if your opponent is like maybe deep striking in that lictor for <laughs> for that uh for return retrieve Octarius data. Yeah. Um, you can just overwatch him when he enters and he, they don't get those points. Yeah, that one's the so, omen of incursion. I think. For the yeah. reinforcements one. Yeah. For deep strike. Yeah, that one's also yeah. really good. And what's cool about Omen of Incursion is that it can it's literally auspic scan for your entire army. So oh, like sorry. It's oh never mind. Yeah, Omen of Incursion. Yeah. My bad. Y- never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that one, you don't have to be uh you don't have to spend any CP for it. You just have to pay the thirty it's thirty points, but thirty points to where your entire army can do auspic scan. Pretty good. Uh, Augury of Aggression is the 4-up Overwatch, which I also think is fine, um, especially on something like a, a like a, a, a Dread Knight. And then Press's Paralysis is turns off Overwatch, which is also really good. There's a lot of cool upgrades in here, but Foretelling and uh, Servant of the Throne is what you're going to see a lot of. Um, also, Gem of Inoctu is pretty cool. That one gives you uh, to uh, add two to your Psychic Test once per battle. So if you really, really need a psychic test to go off, something like Gate of Infinity, which has a warp charge value of seven, uh, it, it, it can be pretty good. One that I think is really funny is Temporal Bombs. That one is just, you just pick a terrain piece, and then the first time a unit goes onto it, on a two-up, they just suffer D3 mortal wounds. <laughs> it's 15 points. Would you pay 15 points for a free D3 mortal wounds? Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's pretty funny i'll say that like yeah. you, your points just mind gaming the whole time like oh my god is it this one no, it's-, <laughs> it's just d3 mortal wounds man but it's just it would just suck if it's like you spend 15 points and you only deal one mortal wound it's like ah yeah nah i want to well, yeah go ahead i was gonna say i mean just considering your army is like everyone can smite like mm-hmm. it, uh, like efficiency it's not really worth but it's pretty funny <laughs> yeah it's funny um so those are the upgrades that are good uh over to the stratagems they're okay uh there's a couple that are pretty good Uh, i'm just gonna go over the ones that i think are pretty good uh shield of humanity is amazing and exemplar of the silver uh host so uh exemplar lets your gray knight's character get um oh that that so exemplar of the silver host gives you um, an extra relic, right? So that's your relic battery, right? And then Shield of Humanity lets your Warlord get another Warlord trait. So you can run two Warlord traits on somebody, um, which is what you're going to be using in order to give something like your Grandmaster Nemesis Dread Knight two Warlord traits. Uh, he's I, I say Grandmaster Nemesis Dread Knight because he's like the staple unit in the new Codex. He, he's just amazing. Uh, those are your upgrade stratagems. After that, you have Psychic Onslaught, 1 CP, increase the strength and uh, armor pen for your side weapons um, when it comes to shooting. So that one's pretty good. Uh, most of your side weapons are strength 8, minus 2, 2 damage. So you can bump it up to strength 9, minus 3, 2 damage. Uh, or if you're using something like your Gatling Cannon, uh, that one would be strength 6, minus 2 uh, one damage. So that one's pretty good. Uh, steel heart. You're never going to use because no one's going to bring terminators. 
uh, psychic channeling, you're going to be spending this every single turn. So then you can get uh, 3d6 on a psychic test just because you have some pretty hard psychic or not hard, but they don't go off as reliably as reliably as you would like to. Gate of Infinity is probably the biggest one where it's Warp Charge 7. So spending one CP to have three dice to roll for it, I think is invaluable. So you're probably always going to use it on that if you're looking at doing uh, 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 Gate of Infinity. And then you have Empiric Declamation. This one's really good. Uh, do, do any of you guys want to read off Empiric Declamation? Yeah, sure. I'll read it. Uh, use the stratagem at the start of any of your phases. Select one Brotherhood Chaplain Uniformer Army that has not recited a litany since uh, the start of your last command phase. That model can recite one litany that has not already been recited by a friendly model since the start of your last command phase. That litany is automatically inspiring, do not roll, and takes effect until the start of your next command phase. So the reason why this is so good is because you can use the stratagem at uh, at the start of any phase, right? So if your chappy isn't, or if your chaplain that's trying to recite a litany isn't next to the unit that you want to have it on, you can gate of infinity him over to that unit and then pop this stratagem uh, during your shooting phase for two CP and then auto pass the litany that you want it to pass. So. Your chaplain is literally probably never going to recite a litany until uh, you use this power or use this stratagem. Easy. Two CP. I really, yeah, I, I really like this. Yeah. It, you can it, run to really the chaplains. Good. Yeah, you could, um, but you don't have to. It just You just choose not to recite a litany during your command phase. And then you just auto pass it at a different time whenever you feel like it. Yeah, and I think plus the fact that like litany's pass on threes like obviously it's more than a 50 percent chance but like if you've ever rolled litany's before huh. you get a lot of ones and twos so yeah. oh yeah wait is there is there no way in gray knights to upgrade the chaplain to where For he passes litany? on twos no yeah no there is not so yeah this is the best way to guarantee that you're gonna get the litany off um so that one's pretty good uh anything else uh another good one fight on the move one cp uh use the stratagem in your movement phase when a gray knight's teleporter unit from your army falls back until the end of your turn that unit is eligible to shoot and charge even though it fell back so you have fall back and charge on things like your dread knights and your interceptors uh for one cp fall back shoot and charge and interceptors move 12 inches so you can just fall back 12 inches away and then charge something else Pretty good. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have one I want to mention. Uh -huh. uh, fin finest hour. I, I really like the name, but uh, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. In addition to the name, it also adds three inches to your auras up to a max of twelve. Mm -hmm. Like having a twelve-inch bubble of auras. I, I don't know if there are very many good auras in this codex, but that sounds like something that could be really good. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, like uh. A cool thing that you could do with this one is to bring an ancient, uh, like a Brotherhood ancient, and then increase its aura by three inches. Um, and then you can also take a Warlord trait, I believe, that can also increase your aura by an additional three inches. Uh, and then, so you just stack those on top of each other, and then you have a 12-inch aura of something like plus one attack. Pretty good. Or uh, reroll hit rolls of one, or reroll wound rolls of one. Just have a large aura of it. Or you uh, can use it for uh, OPSEC. 
That's insane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 12 inch aura of plus one attack sounds crazy. Crazy yeah. good. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just imagining that on like vital intelligence with the one with the diagonal, um, um, the four diagonal ones in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like you control those whatever two or three objectives. Yeah. And then you just have freaking just plus one attack the yeah, entire time. Attack there. Yeah. Come, yeah. come at me, bro. Yeah. Come at me. So, let, let's see what happens. <laughs> um, are there any other, are there any ones that you like, Demeki? Nothing that pops out at me. It says, oh my God, this is busted. Yeah. A lot of the stratagems aren't busted. Um, we still have transhuman for two CP. Uh, that one's okay. Most of the time, you're not going to be using defensive strats, in my opinion, just because you want to be trading with this army as much as possible. Uh, because like our stuff is kind of tanky with Tides of Shadows, but not really that tanky. And uh, if someone wants to kill, like, a strike squad, they're going to kill the strike squad. So there's literally almost no point in running true silver armor. Oh, um, I did find one. Yeah, go ahead. Teleportation shunt. Yep. I was about to talk about that one. Go ahead. Yeah, that one's really good. Use the stratagem in your movement phase when a Grey Knight's teleporter unit for your army is selected to make a normal move. Instead of making a normal move with that unit, remove it from the battlefield and then set it back up on the battlefield anywhere that is more than nine inches away from any uh, enemy models. A unit can only be selected for this stratagem once per battle. So it's a once per battle. That's the downfall. But, I mean, that's still really good. 2 CP, and I get to teleport even with the model already on the table. So mm-hmm. if you're doing, like, to the last, and let's say you got your paladin bomb, and it's down to, like, one guy, and you need to just get him out so that he, he doesn't die, and you keep those points, then yeah. you can just teleportation shunt him away. That's pretty good. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And then the way that teleportation shunt is also uh, worded is that they could be in combat. Anything could be in combat, and then you could just shunt them away if you feel like it. It's the same thing with Gate of Infinity, where if they're in melee combat, you just pop it, and then you just move them out of combat, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, the only drawback to this is the 2 CP. It's a lot when it comes to Grey Knights. Like, Grey Knight armies, if you're running double uh, a battalion and a patrol, you're starting off at, like, maybe eight or seven cp so with plus one every single turn two cp is a large ask for that army um especially when you have other stuff that you want to use your stratagems on like declamation which is another two cp uh a, a lot of these stratagems are i think are kind of overcosted, especially the ones that uh you want to use a lot of transhuman two cp teleportation shunt two cp uh De- uh, declamation 2 cp even the plus one to hit for sword bearers is 2 cp um so it's just it's 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 a lot the fact that it costs 2 cp to get an aura for plus one to your psychic test is a slap in the face <laughs> what <laughs> that, why would you do that it's ugh, it's not even army wide that's an aura around someone yeah like, you, you think about like thousand sun's got that built in <laughs> yeah it's just yeah, ridiculous yeah. oh gosh it, it, yeah it makes me so sad and then um hitting that top bracket for uh machine spirit 2 cp come on man <laughs> come on son um cyber ammunition uh if you like cyber ammunition back in eighth edition you're gonna hate it now it is uh one or two cp depending on how many models you have an unmodified hit roll of six automatically wounds the target and uh improve and then you improve the armor pen on all of your storm bolters for 
uh, by one. It's one CP for a five-man squad. I guess it's okay, uh, but they're storm bolters, so. Eh. The one thing that actually, huh, six is auto wound. He's good for one. chaff. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, kind of uh, sad. I mean, yeah. Are you for your shooty um, units? Are you running five or more than five typically? For your shooty units, the yeah. only shooting that you should have in your army, honestly, is probably your Grandmaster, or is probably your Dread Knights. Everything else is going to be running like Storm Bolters. No one's going to be really running side cannons. Um, yeah, but we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, uh, the next stratagem that's pretty okay is Zone of Warding. This one is 1 CP or 2 CP, depending on how many models you have. Uh, that one, if a... Unit has a warding stave, you get a five up invuln. If it's a terminator, you get a four up invuln instead. So, five man squad of terminators, you can spend one CP and give it a four up invuln. Or if you have a uh, just like regular strike squads or in interceptors, then you get a five up invuln. So, uh, talking about zone of warding for a five up invuln, right? It's actually better. Statistically, it's better for you to spend the one CP on zone of warding than it is for you to spend two CP on uh, transhuman physiology. And I think that that's pretty interesting just because uh, when you're in something like Tides of Shadows that gives you light cover anyways, you're, you have a two up save already with most of your units, right? So AP two is going to get you to four and then AP three is going to get you to five, right? So at that point, you are already getting your five up invuln or you basically have a quote unquote five up invuln right against ap threes okay so it, there's not really a point in zone of warding at that point but it's when you come out of ties of shadows where zone of warding will be more effective than spending two cp for transhuman because you would just get a five up invuln versus things that are ap3 so it goes farther with the cp that you're spending versus the transhuman physiology yeah i would yeah. agree uh yeah. especially if I mean, just the CP cost um, would have me <laughs> not want to. Lean, yeah, just yeah. More towards zone of warning, like yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd be okay with saving on fives. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, it... I mean, plus, like there's, um, I guess it's not many, many things that are AP three. If 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 they are at AP three, the chances are they spent something for it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, so it's not it's not really that worth it, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Let's go mm. over to the relics. Relics, uh, Fury of Deimos is actually pretty good. It's a combat relic. Uh, it's a weapon, so you can give it on something that has a two-up to, uh, a two-up ballistic skill, right? Uh, this one, it replaces your Mastercrafted Storm Bolters with, uh, 24-inch range, rapid fire three, strength five, minus two, two damage. That's pretty good on something that's a Terminator. That's six shots. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw that gun and I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I also like the Soul Glaive, just oh. because it gives you reroll hit and win rolls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah Soul, the, Soul I, okay. it's weird. The weapons for these relics are actually pretty good. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Usually, other codexes, the weapons are not that, that good. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm pretty impressed with these ones. Yeah, the weapons are good. The only problem is just that you you have to spend so much CP. And like I said, 
Grey Knights are very CP hungry. So like at most you want to take you want to take just like two relics, maybe, uh, maybe three, um, because there are relics that you're automatically going to take. The biggest one that you're going to take every single game is Sigil of Exigence. Uh, this is the one where once per battle in the shooting phase, when uh, the bearer is selected as a target of a range attack, it can activate it and then it could just move anywhere that it wants nine inches away from enemy models. So it's a great like uh, a mind game to your opponent. If you put this on a Grandmaster Nemesis Dread Knight and then also give it the upgrade for a three up invuln, what would you do? Would you shoot at it? Like, what do you do with it? Uh, you have to <laughs> waste two rounds of fire on it, mm-hmm. like once for to target it, and yeah. then the second one to actually act, get rid of that three up invuln. Yeah, and then you can shoot at it with efficiency. Yeah, it's, and that's at turn like, three. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could shoot at it once with with one unit in round one and another unit in round one still. Mm-hmm. And then, but I mean, but still, like at that point, you've wasted three rounds of fire or, yeah. you know, three units of fire. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I, I would assume if you're doing something like this, you may, maybe you take two to the last mm-hmm. to, to, you know, encourage your opponent to have to shoot this thing. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. It's, it's also, I mean, I, I think it, it's a pretty good take on Dread Knight, like you mentioned. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. What do you think, uh, Demeki? Um, well, I, just thinking about it, like if if I saw a Grandmaster Dread Knight on the table, mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to kill it because it's 13 wounds. It can't be, um, it can't be hidden from lookout, sir. So no. yeah, I would probably target it, and then you might shunt, but then that's the shunt gone, so you can't do that again. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't say it's a waste. It, 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 it is a pain in the ass, but like, it's it, if you're taking something like assassinate, like if if the army's heavy with character models, and that one can be an easy one to get to, you just got to go ahead and commit to it. Um, yeah, it's but- just one. Of, it's it's one of those situations where you got to just prior- figure out what your priority targets are going to be. Yeah, but at the same time. He's 13 wounds, so he benefits from obscuring terrain. So, like, yes, he if does. You, so if you shoot at him, then, like, usually what you're going to be doing with your Grandmaster uh, or your Grandmaster Nemesis Dread Knight is to move it up the board. You're probably going to Gate of Infinity it or shunt it up the board, uh, have it be somewhere, be like, wreak havoc outside of the charge range. So, as long as you're staying outside of, uh, you know, like your 12 inch, 12 inches plus, you know, um, their movement then you should be fine from getting charged and then you could just pop shots at stuff if somebody wants to shoot at it then you just exigence away if you want to or they just choose not to shoot at it and then you just run a muck over there and you just keep bouncing him back and forth and then usually you're running like two two to three different dread knights that are just like moving around and just causing havoc everywhere and i think that that's what makes sigil of exigence and the three up invuln so good because like you don't have to run away you could just if like the shots are simple, he has a natural four up invuln, and then if you want to, if you think that you can survive the shots, you could just take a three up invuln if you feel like it. Pretty good. It's pretty. It's uh, pretty. Yeah. It's pretty nasty. I like it. It sounds pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Just have a bunch of dread knights doing that. Mm-hmm. Just running around the board, causing havoc. Um. So sigil of exigence is really good. Um. You're gonna want to take that all the time. And then whatever you, else you want to take, you, uh, it's probably going to be the Warlord trait for Divination, or you can give something Advance in Charge, um, or you can give something uh, uh, Fury of Deimos, 
if you're running a a tech marine, you could run uh, Atheric Conduit. I don't know how to say it, but it's a tech marine model. Um, when they heal, it's just flat three wounds for a vehicle. So there's there's a lot of options with their relics. It depends on how much you want to run, uh, but those are the ones that stand out the most. Okay, disciplines, psychic powers, psychic phase. Psychic. You guys, yeah. You guys like the psychic phase? Psyker. <laughs> I love the psychic phase. <laughs> it is pretty fun. <laughs> it's it's so much fun doing the psychic phase. Oh man! And then and then if you're up against like something like Tao, you just wreak havoc because you're just like I get to. It's a playground. I get to do whatever I want. I'm free. Well, it depends <laughs> upon how their drones are set up. Yeah, yeah, but who cares? Uh, but we're not talking about smite. We're talking about buffs. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screw, screw your drones. Your drones don't care. Yeah, I'll smite them. Who cares? <laughs> all right uh psychic powers a lot of these are really really good gate of infinity is amazing it has warp charge seven this one uh it's teleportation it's teleportation shunt so just move something deep strike it whatever uh always gonna be running that uh em empiric amplification is also incredibly good warp charge seven increases the damage on all of your nemesis and psi weapons by one uh until your next uh, psychic phase so this not only buffs your guns like your side cannons it also buffs your melee weapons as well like your halberds so everything's becoming like damage three uh across the board basically uh do it with a plus one damage psychic spells really good <laughs> yeah yeah and then you can also pop the stratagem to give it plus one ap and plus one strength so even better right and then if you're in sword bearers, if you want, you can get plus one to wound. Huh? <laughs> Damage plus three. One, yeah, plus one attack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, empiric amplification, you want to use that as much as you can most of the time. Sanctuary is the one where you get a four-up invuln. Um, Vortex of Doom is Witchfire. This one's warp charge seven. If casted, uh, enemy unit within 12. You pick an enemy unit uh, within 12. That's the closest. Invisible. And deal 2d3 mortal wounds. And then everything that's around it within 3 inches uh, takes a mortal wound as well. Pretty good. Uh, I didn't even talk about... Oh, no, no. We'll, we'll go back. Uh, Vortex of Doom. Pretty good. Uh, warp Charge 7 is kind of high. This is what I was saying earlier where our warp charges are kind of high. 7. You know, a 7-inch charge, that's like the average, right? Uh, when you roll a charge roll. So it's the same thing when it comes to a psychic test. You know, the average amount that you're going to get is a seven so you just pick one of those three that you definitely want to cast and then you just roll 3d6 um for one cp yeah or gem of a knock to one of them uh warp shaping is the one where you can change your tide and then ghostly bonds garbage we're not even going to talk about it okay <laughs> onto the sanctic discipline all of these can be casted multiple times uh, with plus one. So it's like acting like smite, right? Um, so if everybody has purify has access to Purifying Flame, everybody can cast Purifying Flame as long as it's plus one, right? Okay, um, and that's only the Discipline, not the Dominus? Not the Dominus. Dominus, you can only cast once. Sanctic, you can cast multiple times. Uh, also, it's good to know that if you're inside of that Brotherhood or whatever Brotherhood you choose, you get access to every single psyker knows those brotherhood uh that brotherhood psychic power okay so you can double up on things uh you can spend one cp 
uh, in order to cast another psychic power. So you can do something like cast Rapier's psychic power, Symphonic Strike, and then also cast Hammerhand to reroll your wound rolls uh, on a unit. So that's good. Uh, most of these are blessings. If it's a blessing, which is very different, you you no longer cast stuff onto people. You're casting stuff onto yourself, which is very different than a lot of other armies. Like Hammerhand, you can only cast on yourself. Uh, that one is reroll your wound roll. Amazing. One of the best. It's the best psychic power that this book has access to. Um, this one's on a five? <laughs> yeah, it starts well, with I mean, Warp Charge yeah, 5. I mean- I mean, I think most of these are going to be low, right? Because you're going to be able to cast these multiple times. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. think there's any above a six. Uh, Armored Resilience is a six. Ah, Astral and Aim's a castigation six. Castigation is a six. Astral Aim is garbage now. It's really bad. It's just you get to reroll one hit roll, and then your opponent doesn't receive the benefits of cover. See, so went from ignore line side to this. Yeah, it's really bad. Purge Soul, also really bad. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about Purge Soul. It's really bad. I feel like in the world of Ninth, where there's so much terrain, mm-hmm. Old Astro Aim would have broke the game. Buck. Oh, yeah, yeah would have broke the <laughs> so, game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hammerhand lets you reroll your wound rolls. Uh, not just fails, just like just the entire wound roll, whatever you want to reroll. Purifying Flame. This one is a warp charge of five. Uh, any enemy unit within, or you select an enemy unit within nine inches or the closest one, and they take three mortal wounds. Uh, if the psychic test is 11 or more, then they take D3 plus three mortal wounds. Uh, this one can be casted multiple times. If you're running purifiers, they get plus one to its cast. So, you know, pretty good. There's some pretty yeah. cool lists out there with running like two purifier squads, just smiting stuff with purifying flame. Uh, how, uh, how common is it that you're going to be within nine inches to get this one off? Uh, not really, but you can spend a CP in order to increase the range of a psychic power by, uh, I believe it's six inches. So, you know, instead of nine inches away, then it becomes 15 inches. Okay, yeah, that that, ma- that makes this one a lot better. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. nine inches is really close. <laughs> yeah, like you can't deep strike in and then cast it, which sucks. Because you have to be outside of nine. So you can't cast it. Uh, you'd have to spend a CP in order to increase it to 15 and then cast it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you're looking at deep strike. <laughs> uh, armored resilience, uh, warp charge value of six. I actually like this one. It just adds one to your armor saving throws for a unit. Ties of shadows gives you plus one or gives you light cover. This one gives you plus one to your save characteristics. So on some units like paladins, they can get plus two to their save. That's yeah, kind of nuts. Yeah, and the paladins are naturally a two, right? So you can bring yeah. them to a zero. Yep. So you would need at least three to bring them to a three. Yeah, yeah. At least AP three. <laughs> nice. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, but uh, their dreadnoughts also have access to armored resilience. So then a dreadnought that has a three up save gets a two up save in Tides of Shadows. And then uh, you get this for plus one and then they have a two up plus one save built in minus one damage (laughs) built in minus one damage yeah yep yep all right uh those are the psychic powers uh i know that we're going through everything but we'll talk about like the combos because at first we have to talk about all of it and then we could talk about the combos and like what's kind of stupid about this book right uh litanies 
There's only I'm only gonna talk about one because there's only one litany that matters. It is literally words of power. Words of power is a broken litany. This thing is disgusting. Um, this one is uh, select one friendly Grey Knight's core or Grey Knight's character unit within six inches, and then uh, whenever they make a melee attack with a nemesis weapon, an unmodified wound roll of six successfully wounds the target one additional time. And if the Tide of Convergence is dominant for your army, the target also suffers one mortal wound. Amazing. <laughs> this strat, just exploding wounds by itself when you have access to Hammerhand, which lets you re-roll your wound rolls, is already incredibly good. Yeah. When's, uh, when, when can you go into Tide of Convergence? At any time. Well, you know, you any, just... You, can you only do it once, though, or can you do it multiple times? You can only go into convergence once. You can only go yeah. into every single tide once. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, but you would. Can you stay in convergence more than once? You stay. In, yeah. For more than one turns. Yeah. Okay, so you would just stay in convergence. Yeah. If you well, once you yeah. go into convergence, then you just stay in there, and then you're good to go. Um, but yeah, this thing is absolutely disgusting. Um, considering that a lot of your units, like your uh, nemesis dread knights, have ha have hammer hand naturally. They already know hammer hand. Your strike squads already know Hammerhand. So um, your interceptors don't know Hammerhand, but Words of Power, even on interceptors, is good because you're still getting those exploding wound rolls that still deal mortal wounds. This is crazy. Yeah, this yeah. is really good. <laughs> yeah. Exploding, yeah. Uh, fishing. I've seen the Exploding Sixes build go off with full rerolls and... I know how powerful it can be, so I really see the power. This is yeah. going to be really good. Yeah, and then when you attach this onto something like Rapiers, where you get plus one to your attack roll, uh, or you get plus one attacks, and then you can also spend a strat in order to give it, uh, you know, exploding sixes or whatever. Uh, you add all that together. If you have a 21, if you're doing 21 attacks, on average, you're dealing with a full combo, you're dealing like 13 mortal wounds and then making them take 24 saves. Uh, because like if you get six sixes that becomes 12 12 wounds on top of the stuff that you already rolled right and then that's 12 mortal wounds that's crazy yeah yeah um uh how soon until this one's faq to cap the mortal wounds <laughs> yeah right <laughs> if they can cap the mortal wounds and i'm fine with it it's literally the wounds that i think is incredibly good yeah it's yeah exploding wounds on, on top of mortal wounds is yeah mm -hmm. Yep. Um, okay, so litanies. Everything else, garbage. All the other litanies are bad. Uh, if it wasn't for Words of Power, I wouldn't even take a Chaplain. Um, Warlord Traits. First to the fray. Very, very good. Add one to advanced and charge rolls made for the Warlord. And uh, whenever a unit charges the unit that your Warlord is in uh, made a charge move against, then they get plus one to their charge as well. So you're looking for an 8 out of Deep Strike in order to charge with a reroll as well inside of Tide of Celerity that 1s uh, and 2s become 3s in, um, in your charge rolls. You have like about an 85% chance to make that charge with First to the Fray in Tides of Celerity with your Warlord. So pretty good. Uh, regardless, it's just really good just because of uh, plus 1 to your advanced and charge rolls. Uh, Psychic Epitome also pretty good uh this one you, you you usually take this on something like a librarian where you get uh an additional mortal wound on anything that you deal mortal wounds to in the psychic phase 
So something like, um, what's it called? Uh, Purifying Flame. Instead of three flat mortal wounds, it becomes four flat mortal wounds. Um, uh, Vortex of Doom. 2d3, it becomes 2d3 plus one. Uh, Smite. D3 plus one. So you can... You, you can make a librarian become just a mortal wound bomb, drop them off somebody, and then just on average just deal 11 mortal wounds to stuff. Uh, pretty cool. <laughs> How much is a librarian? Like 110. <laughs> <laughs> just nice. drop 11 mortal wounds. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, but it's only Witchfire, so it actually doesn't... It, yeah, it doesn't count on smites. But still, like 11 mortal wounds on average is pretty good. Uh, unyielding anvil. This is an aura where, uh, within six inches of something, you get obsec. Good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> given something like where are they? The interceptors. Interceptors. Yeah, the interceptors yeah, obsec. Yeah, give something like the interceptors obsec. Yeah. Mm. If if you put this on uh on a on Grandmaster Nemesis Dread Knight, you just give him obsec. So he just goes on to it. <laughs> if he matches obsec with somebody, or like he somebody doesn't have obsec, it's just like ah, I control this objective now. <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> yeah, here we go, boys. <laughs> uh, so unyielding anvil, incredibly good. Uh, usually you're going to see unyielding anvil all the time and first to the fray all the time. Uh, I also like hammer of righteousness. This one makes it so then uh, whenever your warlord makes a charge move, is charged, or performs a heroic intervention, you get plus one to your wound roll. Yep. Blood Angels. Yep. Blood Angels. Uh, considering that... Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. Because um, I want to get through all this stuff so then I can talk about all the freaking combos that you can do that are cool. Okay. Uh, next up, we have chapter approved rules. These are all of your secondaries. These secondaries, only one, in my opinion, is really good. Teleport Assault is kind of good. Uh, but I, so I guess we'll go over these, uh, purge the enemy, destroy the demon. You're only going to take it if you are fighting a demon like chaos demons. That's it. No mercy, no respite. You have teleport assault. This one, you score three points, um, at the end of the battle round. If one or more units were destroyed by a gray knights model that was set up using teleport strike, the teleportation shunt stratagem or gate of infinity, it's like a better grind them down in my opinion. Yeah, but uh, I'm not I'm not a fan of this one. It's kind of it forces you to kind of play in a specific way that maybe yeah. put you out of position. But I mean, I guess I can see value in it. But yeah, yeah, I I'm personally not, don't like it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, purifying ritual broken. This is an amazing secondary. If you're playing Grey Knights, always run this secondary. It is so good. Uh, even on a four objective map, it's still really really good. Uh, this one, it's a warp charge five. Uh, in your psychic phase, this action can be performed by any number of units in your army. In your psychic phase, if a Grey Knight Psyker unit from your army is within three inches of an objective marker, so if you're playing with like neoprene mats, you just tow in, um, it can attempt to purify it by performing the psychic action. Each objective marker cannot be purified more than once in the same turn. So uh, you go up and then you uh, go onto an objective marker, and then uh, if you purify one, you get one point. If you purify two objectives, you get two points. If you purify three, you get four points. And if you purify four, you get six points. Insane. It's so good. And the... Yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, uh, imagine you get turn one, 
on mm-hmm. something that has like five or six objectives. Um, yeah. You just walk onto the objectives. You get like a free six points, turn one. Yeah. It's disgusting. Um, and I, I think the thing that breaks it is that the warp charge never goes up in value. So everything is just always warp. So it's always just warp charge five. And you, since everything is a psyker, you just go up to an objective, warp charge five. Does it go off? It does. Okay. I get, I get a point. Like it's so good. It's, it, you always run this one. It is so broken. What do you think, Demeki? Uh, I mean, it's, it is good. Um, I'm wondering if it's going to get FAQ'd because it is that good. Mm. Um, but the, I mean, like the drawback too, though, is that if you put yourself in a situation to where mm. you need those points, um, uh, and you didn't put like an infantry unit or something that can throw away a psychic action on it, then you're going to lose out on your psychic abilities. Yeah. But like most of the time, I don't know what psychic power, like you have so much throwaway units, like a, a nemesis dread knight has access to hammer hand. It's not always going to be in combat. You just drop it on an objective. You don't have to control it. You just have to tow in on it. And then after that, you just pop it for warp charge five. Easy. You're not going to be, you, you know what I mean? Like there, there's so, you have so many units and psychers in this army that could just cast this and not care that they didn't cast like their sanctic discipline. You know, like your main casters are going to be casting Dominus disciplines, which is like your buffs, like sanctuary, uh, Ash or not astral aim sanctuary, uh, gate of infinity vortex or, uh, um, what's that warp shaping or something like that. Um, they're the only ones, those are the only ones that you really care about. Everything else is just an addition. You know what I mean? So like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think it's incredibly good. Um, yeah. Cool. There we go. That's all the stuff. Ugh, and now we have the tides. You guys want to talk about these tides? You guys want to go over them? Which ones do you guys like? Yeah. I mean, there's like four or five, right? We yeah. Over yeah. Tides. Oh. yeah. Who wants to start? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. you want us? You yeah, want yeah, us yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do a tide of convergence. Okay, mm. hold on. All right, it's tide of convergence. When this tide is dominant for your army, you add six inches to the range characteristic of side weapons um, that models in this unit are equipped with. And each time a model in this unit makes a melee attack with a nemesis weapon, an unmodified wound roll of six. Oh my god. The target suffers one mortal wound in addition to any normal damage. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this was this is the one that you said was part of the big combo, so I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about Tide of Celerity, or do you guys want? What do you guys think about Tide of Convergence? I guess. I really like this one. <laughs> yeah, um, it's really good. I mean, like you have Hammerhand. Yeah. So you, you have, just fish for sixes. Exactly, fishing for sixes. Pretty easy. Um, and the, the, the important part is that it's a mortal wound in addition to any normal damage. So it's the same thing as, um, what's it called? Words of power. So that one, 12 wounds in addition to the mortal wounds. Um, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you get rid of that top bullet and this still, this one still would be really good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Demeki, do you want to talk about Tide of Celerity? Yeah. Tide of Celerity. While Tide of Celerity is dominant for your army, each time an advance roll is made for this unit, treat a dice roll of 1-2 as a as a 3 instead. 
Each mm-hmm. time a charge roll is made for this unit, treat each dice roll of one, two as a three instead. I like this one a lot. I think this is really good. Um, yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. Uh the the thing about this one is that it makes charging out a deep strike really good with first to the fray. Uh so like, you know, your charge rolls on a one or two, you're you're always guaranteed at least a three, right? So that means that you need to roll a five or a six, basically, um, you know, to cap it out to make the charge roll with first of the fray if you're charging the unit that the first of the fray model charged, right? So you have like about I, I like a 75% chance of it going off with a uh if you have a re-roll, then it's increased. Uh so Titus Solarity is okay. The only problem with Titus Solarity is that once you go into it, you don't get the benefits from the other stuff, which are really good, right? Because Tide of Shadows is also really good. This is the one that you're going to start off with most of the time. Um, this one is when it's dominant for your army. Each time a ranged attack made by an enemy model more than 12 inches away from this unit, uh, the models in the unit are treated as receiving the benefits of light cover. And then if every model in that unit has already was already receiving the benefits of light cover, models in the unit are also treated as receiving the benefits of dense cover. So if you are on an objective or if you're on a piece of terrain and they're 12 inches away, not only do you get light cover, you also get minus one to hit as well from 12 inches away. So pretty good. Tide of Shadows is incredibly strong, um, especially when you consider that you can give your Dread Knights plus one to their save when they already have a two up save. Pretty good. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, obviously ninth edition terrain heavy, you're yeah. going to be getting both buffs most likely. I mean, you, if not, then you can mm. get, put yourself in a situation where you can be getting both buffs like with yeah. ease. Yeah. Very easy. Um, tide of escalation. This is the one where you can take your psychic powers that, uh, are from your brotherhood and cast them multiple times as well. So it's the same thing that you could do with the Sanctic Discipline where you can cast multiple times and treat it as a smite where you get plus one. And then Tide of Escalation makes it so that you could do that with your brotherhood powers as well. So something like the Prescient Brotherhood where you get it where you cast it onto something and then they get uh, on a four to five whenever they move, advance, charge, fall back. On a four to five, they get D3 Mortal Wounds. You can cast it multiple times if you feel like it. Um Pretty cool, but not as good as Shadows, Convergence, or Celerity. Tide of Banishment, only if you're up against Chaos Demons. Boom, done. Those are the Tides. All right. Woo-hoo. <laughs> yeah, um, the left side is very superior. Yeah. <laughs> it was like Red uh-huh. Rover, Red Rover. Send Tide of Celerity on over. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so that's that. Well, how do you guys want to do this? Do you guys want me? Do you guys want to talk about uh, different combos you can do? You guys want to talk about the different units that you're going to see, different lists that you guys are going to see? Well, how do you guys want to do this one? Uh, how about we let's do like lists and then like combos with the list? If is that yeah. something like you'd okay, be ready to show yeah. to us? Yeah, 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 I can definitely do that. Um, we'll open up Battle Scribe right here. Boom! Here's what we got. Uh, this is one of the lists that we have. Hold on. Let me do a, the standard one first before we go with, uh, this one. Okay. All right. So we'll look at this one real quick. Um, when it comes to, uh, gray knights, this is probably going to be the best thing that you're going to see or like your standard list. Um, if you guys are listening to this, uh, just the audio version, I'll put a link 
we'll, we'll put a link in the description for the different types of lists that you can run. Uh, this is a list where it runs a patrol, a uh, double patrol detachment. Okay. Uh, do you guys want me to share this with you guys here? Hold I can on. see it. Oh, okay. Um, so this one, this one runs Brotherhood, uh, a chaplain, and then also runs Drago. You're always going to run Drago. Drago is like the key unit in this army just because or one of the key units in this army because he naturally casts two and then he knows three so he's going to be the guy that's going to be casting most of your dominus disciplines that's your gate of infinity your sanctuaries and your warp shaping um and that's pretty much it uh plus he also is pretty strong in combat he can <laughs> his combat is is kind of nasty he hits on twos and then his weapon is uh what was his weapon deals three damage plus four strength minus four ap pretty good yeah that just <laughs> burns through like a gravis armor guy because yeah you think yeah. about an aggressor aggressor is three mm -hmm. wounds mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah it brings yeah mm -hmm. that's a dead gravis armor yeah yeah Pr on top of that, he has, he's got a three up invuln yeah he has naturally a three up invuln <laughs> so guy will destroy almost anything brotherhood chaplain you want to run the Brotherhood Chaplain just because of Words of Power. Uh, usually you're going to see him with Unyielding Anvil, but you might see it swapped out every once in a while uh, for something else. Uh, you're going to be taking uh, Foretelling of Locust because you want the redeploy. And then uh, his Dominus Discipline doesn't really matter. This is like what, I'm say what I said before, where the Dominus Discipline, like there's some cool stuff in there, but like, do you really care about it that much? You know, so you can just have him also be a psychic action monkey if you need to. If he's on an objective, you can have him perform the uh, purifying ritual. Just going to clean up this floor real quick. Uh, after that, you have some strike squads. Uh, this is a different variation of it. You can, like, the core of this isn't the strike squad, actually. is actually the interceptors. You can get rid of strike squads and tech in whatever you want um, into it. But uh, usually... Uh, what you're going to be seeing is doing a lot of combat squatting. So if you run just a regular strike squad, everything's going to have halberds. You can run something like a warding stave, but a warding stave, like I said, it's all up to preference on whether you want it or not for you to pop the one CP to do a warding zone. So it's not necessary unless you really want to, but it doesn't matter because they're free. Halberds are free. Falcons are free. And uh, and your swords are free. And then warding staves are free. They're literally all free. Um, so it doesn't matter. I mean, they're free because they bumped up their points a little bit, but who cares? 110 points for a strike squad. Very, very easy. Uh, and then you, you're going to combat squad a lot of interceptors. Interceptors have 12-inch move that is basically flip belt. So since you are running... So these are going to be the guys that are going to go up to different objectives and then do their psychic actions, basically. Um, and then since you're combat squatting, you don't really care too much about your, uh, um, your leadership because most of the time you want to trade with gray knights. You're not that tanky. You can be tanky, but it, it's not necessary. You're mostly going to be trading back and forth because you're giving up free 50 points with the board, the witch. So it doesn't matter. Right. Um, as long as you get purifying ritual off and you just keep doing that and just keep working on your secondaries, then you're fine. And, yeah, so you don't really care about leadership. Who cares? You you lose in an interceptor squad. Who cares? Because you have your patrol detachment. This one can be prescient or it can be sword bearers. I enjoy prescient 
but uh, Sword Bears also works. This one is going to run you like two Dread Knights and then a Grandmaster Nemesis Dread Knight. The Grandmaster Nemesis Dread Knight is the one that's going to be an exemplar. So he's going to have Vortex. He's going to have Amplification for the plus one damage. He's going to be running first to the fray and then probably a Hammer of Righteousness or whatever you want, but usually first to the fray. Uh, you're going to run a Strike Squad again to fill out the patrol, put him in Halberds, and then run some Interceptors. Uh, and then your Dread Knights are going to have your Nemesis Greatsword, your Silencers, your Heavy Psy Cannons, all that stuff. And you run Servitors to hold backfield objectives or be action monkeys when it comes to Rod. So yeah, that's that list. Boom. You get like about 25 Interceptors in there. Uh, probably like you can run 20 uh, Strike Squads and then uh, you have everything else to buff everything. Yeah. There you go. That's one. What do you guys think? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I mean, it's got the there's a lot of fast moving threats, and mm-hmm. I think that's I mean, I was naming the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, that's the end of this episode of Chapter Tactics. Thank you guys for checking this out. Uh, we will be back again next week at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, and yeah. If you guys want to help support Chapter Tactics, you guys can go ahead and head on over to patreon.com forward slash chapter tactics and uh, support the show that way. Uh, With that, we will see you guys.